Hello, everybody, and welcome to Alphabet Scoop, 95 Google's weekly recap and discussion of the biggest Google-related news. I'm Kyle Bradshaw, and I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Abner Lee. How have you been this week, Abner? Hello, hello. This week, ah, good, all things considered. Um, But yeah, <sighs> let's jump right in, as always. Uh, last week, actually, we had a bit of a scoop on something called Chromebook X. And Kyle? Sure. So the basic premise is that Google wants to make it easier for you to know a good Chromebook from a bad one. I did I've been I worked very hard to not use that exact phrasing in our publishing just because I didn't want to call out the OEMs so boldly, but here on this podcast you get my unfiltered thoughts, which is you need to know a good Chromebook from a bad one and our have been many bad Chromebooks over the years. So, uh, and equally, an equally unfiltered thought is that this is basically a certification program on the level of what Intel did with Evo a CS or two ago. Basically, they're just ensuring, uh, a minimum spec at, uh, to get this Chromebook X branding, which it's not final, might change before the final, uh, before it actually launches, but it could also just be Chromebook X. Um, where we expect it to even appear on the bra- on the chassis, this branding to appear on the actual cover of laptops, replacing the existing Chrome one. Right. And that's kind of interesting to me. I mean, it, it could be as simple as just an X after the usual Chromebook logo or it, whatever the alternative branding is, because We've only heard the, we've only seen evidence of the one brand, but we also have a decent idea that that may or may not be final because it's so generic that yeah, Chromebook maybe this X is, final. is, well, X historically, there's the iPhone 10, there's X, I don't know, it connotates something premium, I, I'd say. Um, but it's decidedly not that from what we found. It's not just premium devices. Right. It's actually more of mid-range or at least mid-range and above mm-hmm. because uh, so among the, the qualifications that a device needs to be a Chromebook X is it needs to have at least a certain type of processor, which uh, so far concludes AMD processors, which I don't think we really had a premium AMD Chromebook yet. And uh Intel 12th gen, but specifically they're including the N series, which is like you, you can pick up a $400, $350 laptop with an N series chip in it. So if those count, we're definitely looking at something in the upper low to middle range. Yeah, just broadly looking at Chromebooks, I'd say historically there's the $200 Chromebooks that flooded the market at the very beginning of Chrome OS, um, before there was no space in the name. Um, mm-hmm. these, you can still absolutely find these at Best Buy and they're not a bad value in terms of like, they're not. Do you, M- you get um, the full web? You can do everything. You maybe can't multitask or you can maybe only just have a half a dozen tabs open or so, but you get everything done. And as, and, as you were about to say, I assume, these are the ones you find in schools. These these Chromebooks right. sell. These Chromebooks are important to Google. They 
they want the these are the mass market Chromebooks in the, in the truest sense of the word mass market. This is this is the basis default Chromebook, and there's right. that. Market. If you're buying a if you're buying a Chromebook for your your parents, for example, just get the two hundred dollar one. All they want is to be able to type on a keyboard Absolutely. and access the web and check their emails. Like my dad runs a decent chunk of his business, not all of it, mind you, because you still need. QuickBooks and Windows, things like that. But he does a lot of his business stuff from a Chromebook, a, like the Lenovo C330 or something like that, like some some $200 hunk of junk that works just fine for what he needs. He's, he's just now getting to the point where he needs to upgrade. So yeah, like there's definitely going to continue to be a market for these low-end Chromebooks, but there's two other markets that I think you're about to get into that would presumably now be represented primarily by Chromebook X. Mm. So actually, let's go to the other end first. There's the flagship Chromebook that's long been occupied by the Chromebook Pixel, two generations of that, then the Pixelbook, and then the Pixelbook Go. Well, before that, the Pixels Slate. Um, the- I mean, debatable on the Pixel Slate and Pixelbook Go. True, they both kind true. of slotted more toward the upper mid-range. So yeah, I think the Pixelbook is probably the last true Google-branded flagship. premium. Yeah, But of course, there are other flagships as recently as the past couple, past year or so. Uh, there's the HP Chromebook Pro. Is that? No, uh, there's there's a pro and there's an elite. There's yes. two dragonflies. Dragonflies. That's the branding. I, I was uh, searching my brain for. There's dragonflies. There's stuff like the framework. There are absolutely flagship, premium, top of the end MacBook Pro competitor um, Chromebook devices. Mm. After Ooh, now that one, the I Pixel. don't know about MacBook Pro competitor. No, the plot seventeen hundred. You can. What's a maxed out a Dragonfly Pro like seventeen hundred dollars or something yeah, like that? I get like in terms of pricing. Yeah, I guess they are competitors, but in terms of just utility and niceness, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll definitely get to that. Right, right, right. In right, that, we'll the second there. half of this podcast. Um, but yeah, there's that flagship, and then there's the middle. There's you past few years, maybe longer, I think, like, no, brass tacks, nobody's buying, like, a $1,000 Chromebook. I would not, I would not advocate anybody, I would not recommend anybody buy a $1,000 Chromebook. Um, I think I would stop at, like, $600, even then $500. The, the, the middle of Chromebooks is very, is as interesting as the flagship once was. Um, you, it's these what let's say eight gigs of RAM, um, four HD displays at maybe like thirteen or fourteen inches, so it's passable. Um, one hundred twenty-eight gigs of storage. It's there's there's this middle ground that is markedly better than like the two hundred dollar Chromebook. Absolutely, if somebody says to themselves, I want a Chromebook, not, oh, you know, here, here pops, here's a computer or, oh, here, kid, welcome to school. Here's a computer. But if you say to yourself, I want a Chromebook, you should be shopping in this like 350 to 600 range. Yes, that, that you can also find at Best Buy. Um, it's, they're out there. They're not hard to get compared to a premium Chromebook. And f- from what we can tell, Chromebook X is targeting that middle, that middle ground. 
Right. So I'm excited to see what they do with this and how they manage to include, uh, to segue a little bit, some of the exclusive features that Chromebook X models are supposed to get. I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to segue those or I wonder how they're going to make those available to premium Chromebooks or if everything mid-range and up is just going to be Chromebook X now. Yeah, it's... So, So yeah, to wrap up the name discussion, Chromebook X is... It implies premium way more than it actually is. <laughs> this is... I don't know. This is sound cheesy, but was the reason did the reason Google pick X was like X marks a spot? Is that were they being that cheeky in this, in picking this name? I it doesn't it doesn't cover things well in my opinion. It's a name that means absolutely nothing. It adds nothing to the discussion. It it contributes nothing. If I just saw an X next to the word Chromebook, I don't even think I would really like acknowledge it if I was shopping in the store. So I, I do hope they land on a different name, but we also haven't seen how Google themselves chooses to represent these devices. So maybe, maybe that's a, a missing key. Yeah. But, but as you were saying, software features, um, stuff like live captions, uh, uh, built in portrait blur effect, which, uh, one of the requirements is that there's a good video, uh, camera, uh, front-facing camera, which is makes sense. Video conferencing, all the rage. Um, features like voice isolation also at build on that. There's presumably a good microphone array is maybe a requirement. Um, it's features like that that really strike at this middle, that this idea that this is the Chromebook for you to get your work done. Yeah. I'm almost wondering, like kind of thinking to myself now, I don't know why this is coming to me. It, I'm thinking that Google is maybe doing this separation so that it's a little more obvious why certain features aren't on all Chromebooks. Like, why can't all Chromebooks run Android apps? Or why can't all Chromebooks do Linux stuff? Why can't all Chromebooks have live caption? Well, now there's a good, easy way to know That's that rather point. than having having to check this big, long list to see if, like, oh, okay, hang on, does mine good qualify point. for this? Or does this thing I'm buying qualify? Here, it's straightforward. You know that you are going to get every possible feature of Chrome OS by getting a Chromebook X. That's not that expensive. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time of day wallpapers are finally happening. <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting on that one. Time of day wallpapers and screensavers. So it's essentially just... Uh, I think there's going to be two wallpapers, one that's like clouds and one that displays... I want to say it was New Mexico. That uh, just It's just going to be sunrise daytime sunset evening so those sunrise and sunset ones are going to be particularly short too and it's going to be interestingly timed to when sunrise and sunset are in your current geographic location which is fascinating but um yeah so that that should just be i don't think that one needed to be exclusive that one feels a little extra but i mean it, it at least they're setting it apart a little bit and making something nicer available to to those so yeah that in short is chromebook x that is again if the name sticks that is uh google conveying to people 
this is the stuff you should be buying and maybe not necessarily the $200 stuff if you're in the market for a regular Chromebook that lasts you, I don't know, five plus years. Yeah, easily, especially since uh, given the extended uh, update durations and all that, just not for Chromebook X, but just in general sense, how they've been extending those uh, expiration dates, it, five plus years makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So we use Chromebooks. You and I use Chromebooks. We can get a lot of our work done in Chromebooks. Um, if that was absolutely. only the ever com- uh, the computer, if that was the computer we had to use, we could absolutely get our work done there. Um, that's what I did actually for a good couple of years. I like, I had a windows computer, but I never used it. I didn't have a Mac until gosh, last year. So yeah, I've been, I, there was a good period of time where I was only working from a Chromebook and that was interesting times. Mm, so yeah. Um, so that's, again, most people can get their work done on just the Chromebook. Um, I think it's interesting to look at the landscape of Google's computing platforms right now, especially with the Pixel tablet that just came out. Um, it's, it's a f- there was a few years, what is it, 2020? Um, it seemed that Google, like, they wanted to make Chromebook tablets a big thing, and they were investing so much. Um, like, the Pixel Slate was kind of a false start to it, but then stuff like the I- Lenovo IdeaPad Duet, um, HP had one, those other things that it looked like Google's really wanted to make um, Chrome OS tablets thing. Uh, they added split screening, improved multitasking, larger touch elements, just like the basics of it, of making it a good tablet platform. I bring this up because it seems like that push has somewhat died. Um, again, there's still the du- the Duet 5, I believe. Do- those devices are still out there, but it's they're, they're existing in a time where Google's full attention appears to be on Android tablets. And it's honestly confusing to me because it Chrome OS is very much capable of doing both. Mm-hmm. And Android is steadily getting ready to do both. And by both, what I mean is um, productivity and entertainment. The Pixel tablet, as we have it today, is very much an entertainment-only device. Mm -hmm. Like, entertainment and smart home. Like, they just kind of lump smart home in there, and it, it works. But entertainment is the number one thing. Like, you're not trying to be productive on that. They didn't give you a keyboard. They didn't give you a stylus. Where Chromebooks... Even some of the duets and all that, they have a stylus, they have a keyboard. And as soon as you attach that keyboard, boom, now you have a laptop or at least effectively one. Yeah. So it, it is interesting to see Google having worked so hard to make Chromebook tablets productive and useful for entertainment. And now to just put full effort into Android and drop productivity along the way. Yeah. It's weird. The reason I bought the product, uh, our usage of Chrome OS was. While we can use Chrome OS to do our work, I don't think we can use Android tablets, even with a keyboard attachment, to to be as productive. Um, one, the desktop, the Chrome as it is today, is not but it's not a desktop class browser on Android tablets. It's it's not. I couldn't do most of the things I wanted to on that browser. Um, 
That's like just the big turnoff. Extensions. No, it's it's a big turnoff. Um, but yeah, it's at the same time Google's talking this game about update like Android tablets um, and Android tablets as a phrase, as a uh, quote unquote Android tablets. They re- they that's where the institutional investment is. They may, since the Pixel tablet, I I don't think they're like explicitly talking up Android tablets like uh, in the lead up to it, but the institutional investment is on updating these Android apps, on making them great on touch surfaces and making them great on the latest version of Android, Android 13 and then Android 14 soon. It's it's Google likes to have two of everything and I'm not sure if the messaging is that, like, these premium flagship Chromebooks, sorry, uh, these premium Android tablets, are they meant to start replacing the $200 Chromebooks? That's an idea, but we're still a long way from that because... Again, the browser. I don't know. Is it, Yeah, the browser isn't there. The typing experience is getting there, but it's still not great. And the Pixel tablet, does, again, doesn't even come with a keyboard or have a third-party one, third-party or first-party one available. Um, yeah, I, just, I don't know. It seems so backward, too, because one of the big pushes, uh, Rich Miner, for example, was very much so pushing the whole tablets let's do tablets let's add styluses to the tablets and let's push for a new app ecosystem even that like new styles of apps that couldn't be done without a pen Mm. whatever to paraphrase where they they put all of this work into android and for one the pixel tablet is somehow the first android device to come with uh the universal stylus initiative usi and they did nothing with it Mm mm-hmm and yet Chromebooks had it ready to go. Chromebooks have been using USI. You can just buy a stylus and use it with your Chromebook instant. I, I, the, Google even made this app. Um, I don't remember exactly what it's called. Cur- yeah, yeah, yeah. They made, they've been making these apps and like a drawing app too, I want to say. They've been making these touch-ready or pen and stylus-ready apps for Chromebooks. And they don't really translate to not, Android. They're, these are web-based yeah. experiences that can't really run well on Android tablets because the web stuff is lacking. Right. So I, I don't know. It, it it's a very confusing place that Google's in. That they're trying. Like, if if they could actually put all of their efforts behind one initiative, that would be great. Uh, maybe Android is the way, and maybe Chromebooks will just reap the benefits because they have android mm-hmm. i i don't know it's it's a it's an odd place that they've that they've done this but they really need to centralize their efforts if they're ever going to make a tablet that people can use like an ipad yeah like let artists use it let somebody just taking notes use it let somebody who just wants to watch a movie use it like whatever you want to do on a tablet the ipad can do it and chromebooks and androids are getting there yeah um Centralizing the efforts would show a lot of maturity on Google's part, but as you as you just said, it's equally likely that these two things remain separate, and that Google feels like they're both addressing unique enough markets, and that's what could happen. Um, so yeah, on that 
on our fi- third act of this podcast is the question, how does Chromebook X relate to whether or not Google will make another Pixelbook? It feels to me a bit like a sign that they won't. Yeah. Uh, uh, just because of the Tensor Chromebook that supposedly got canceled, all the other Chromebooks along the way, the other other Pixelbooks, sorry, that have been canceled, Pixel tablets that have been canceled along the way, they keep trying, failing, and just not trying again. And yeah, I just... I. This feels like they're regressing. Like um, our colleague Ben, who admittedly sees things through a certain perspective because his name is Nexus Ben, but he he likens this uh, Chromebook X move to the the Nexus lineup, which isn't a completely unfair comparison. I mean, it's it's hardware made by other companies that gets a Google stamp of approval. I don't know. Yeah, I think the question to ask here, um, if we're starting on the con, um, what does Google Pixel hardware? They, with all with everything they try to do, they try to make it unique. Um, phones, it's a camera, it's the AI stuff, it's the speech features, it's that whole suite of like AI assisted features. That's Pixel phones. The Pixel Watch was Fitbit. The Pixel tablet was adding a Nest Hub experience. With a Pixel book, I'm not sure how Google makes it unique. I'm not sure what else they add onto it. It's it's not like they can design their own a pick a new launcher for Chromebooks. It's they're stuck with the same UI. Um, there's, there's, there's not a lot of differentiation there. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe doing the same thing they did on the Pixel phones uh, recently, which is just putting in a Tensor chip and uh, in the sense of the Tensor coprocessor anyway, mm-hmm. because... The TPU. I mean, unless... The, yeah, the TPU. Unless they, unless they put that in... You know, if they could put that inside of Chromebooks and that would boost some AI uh, workflows, that's an option. I, I don't know. It's it's yeah. There's not much else though because there are really good Chromebook OEMs out there. They because these same people are making good laptops already. So if they're making good Windows laptops, they just up, throw Chrome OS on it. Not literally, but. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they have the experience to make it. It's it's I don't know like uh, what's a, a recorder? Maybe they add recorder. They add actually the thing that the Chromebook app streaming, um, where you can stream yeah. apps from your phone to a window on your Chromebook. That was something I thought would have been like a really unique pix- feature between Pixelbooks and Pixel phones. But of course, that just launched. Um, quality is not the best, in my opinion, but that's a topic for another <laughs> yeah. day. It's janky. Um, but that seemed like a feature that would be like a prime unique, something unique. The problem is that building these unique features into Chrome OS, it makes more sense to just put it on every single device. It's, you can't guarantee, well, we can assume that most people that buy a Pixel book also have a Pixel phone, but you can't even guarantee that. It's Pixel book 
Cuomo has part vices. They can be so wide and they can be so vast that there's no guarantee of that if that you're in the family of the pixel family. But by mm. design, that's would be the obvious the other thing besides adding a tensor chip. Um I guess they could do a design, a unique design. Yeah, and and that is actually something that that's one of the key aspects that set the Pixel Book apart was just having an incredible keyboard, having an experience like I, I don't think I've ever had another laptop that folded quite as flat and became genuinely a tablet the way that the Pixel Book did. Mm-hmm. If I could buy, I don't care who makes it, if Google makes it, if Apple makes it, if, you know, I don't care who makes it. If I could have a, a 2023 device that maintains as much of the original Pixel Book form factor as possible, mm-hmm. I'd buy it. It's a good device. Yeah, it's... But that's about it. Like, they would, it would that, that sort of separation was the only thing that really separated the Pixelbook from other Chromebooks, and that was okay. Yeah, it's... It's... Yeah, that's... So, we're... It seems like we're pretty much a no here. Um, yeah. The one opening I do see is if they don't make, like, a flagship Pixelbook, if they made something closer to a Pixelbook Go. Um, like, again, a six... Because... Well, it's hard, it's somewhat hard to say that because Google just released an $1,800 phone. But I, I don't think flagship Chromebooks at the highest end, they're worth the investment for Google. They have other partners doing that. Um, would you see like a 600, maybe even a 650 for a maximum configuration? Do you see a Pixelbook Go doing well in the market? I, don't think so, or at least not well enough for it to be worth Google's time, especially because now they're doing this Chromebook X program, and now they can just rely on their partners to make good devices so that... So now, by doing this program, maybe Google can change out all those Pixelbook Go's that they use at events like I.O. and Made by Google. They can change all those out and not embarrass embarrass themselves by not using their own hardware. Uh It's... So, so um last week um the Pixel Tablet team was doing a QA. Um and they described it as well, I'll just quote here. We also thought about how the Pixel portfolio of devices worked together. Pixel phones, Pixel Watch, Pixel Buds. It wasn't complete without a tablet. So we built a tablet that completes the family and is uniquely Google. In that sense, it's you have you have the phones, you have the watch, you have the headphones, you have the tablet. It kind of feels like there's something missing. Right. Yeah, that's true, because there is no... Like, where, what do you actually get work mm-hmm. done on? And the tablet is not that. <laughs> the tablet is an entertainment device slash smart home. There's no productivity there, in, so maybe so. In, again, even if they did like a Pixel Tablet Pro... I don't think the software is that. We've long been chasing an Android desktop mode. Um, mm-hmm. but I, let's say they get down that, they get that perfectly down. They equal DeX, uh, Samsung DeX in that regard, and that they have a full, um, desktop class operating environment, which they should have some experience from Chrome OS on building. 
unless they're actually using Chrome OS there, the biggest stumbling block is that Chrome for Android is still like a fancy mobile browser. It is not, it's not, it's not desktop class. It's, you, I can't get work done on that. Right. So, yeah, I, I just don't see that. It, there's an argument for it. I do see that. They, there's an argument for why they could do it if only just so that the Pixel ecosystem is complete. Mm-hmm. But that's, I don't know. It does It does look bad <laughs> that uh, Apple has this very full and complete ecosystem and that a MacBook and an iPhone work so very well together and Google does not have a Pixel laptop to uh, join the two together with. And I don't know. I, I hope that Chromebook X takes us a long way toward a base, a good baseline ecosystem. Yeah, ecosystem. a good baseline of devices that can, like, Google can actually point to uh, a part of the Google family is Chromebook X. A part of the Google hardware family is Chromebook X. Right. But as because they they used to do that to a little to a certain extent, like at the Pixel events, they would talk about, oh yeah, your Pixel phone and your Chromebook. I don't even think they said your Pixel book, your your Pixel phone and your Chromebook work better together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that that's together initiative. Yeah, it's yeah. So it I don't know. Right now, at this point, like Pixel Tab, a Pixel Tablet Pro, st- with, with a proper keyboard, with a proper stylus, feels somewhat. I think I'd still take a Chromebook, if all they did was hardware investments. That's true. That's true. So yeah, that to end on a swipe, slightly down note. Unfortunately, I think that's <laughs> where we are with the Pixelbook. Um, Barring some big X factor, some big tensor, it maybe yeah, I can't even say that tensor has like something that tensors mean contributes something meaningfully big to uh, a laptop style form factor. We're not at that point yet. I mean, like we were saying earlier, though, like all Google needed to do last time was just make a good Chromebook. And that's what they did with the Pixelbook. They made a good Chromebook, and we praised it as such. So, in theory, they could do it again without any unique factor other than that hardware, and that could be just fine. It's just they've been trying to do it, and they've been failing thus far. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where we stand on this. Um, thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and your other favorite podcasting platforms. We are off next week for the July 4th in the US. So we'll see you after that. Take care, everybody. Bye.